It's the biggest story in tech. Yesterday, today, this was on my Twitter feed. It was in my news feed. Amazon, they did an event talking about a bunch of new products. And this one, it rose to the top. Yeah. The Ring security camera that is a drone. It will Very fly cool. around your premises. You can control it remotely. Nobody wants to have a camera in every single room of their house. What you really want is a drone that can go anywhere you need it to go, wherever that uh, perpetrator thief happens to be. Yeah. I don't know how well this is going to work in practice, but of course it got the internet buzzing because it's a drone, a security drone. You're everyone who didn't yeah. want their own security drone. Yeah. You don't have any, you don't have to set up any cameras, you know, it's just flying around your house, collecting all your data. Yeah, that's right. The other cool thing about it, $249.99. So not, you know, not like a thousand bucks, like two fifty. dollars yeah. You got to get a security camera anyway. And the thing is capable of, you can set up paths for it. So if you're wondering, well, where does it fly to? Here you can see, for example, it knows what to do. Although this guy's sort of controlling it a little bit, or he's at least watching it. So he's not flying it. So, <laughs> and that's obviously comedy. very overacted is, that yeah. moment. But so there's like a training session that takes place with this where we'll learn the environment and where it should and shouldn't go and which rooms to survey. And as you saw, the door sensor was busted on the sliding door when the thief was trying to come in and the drone went straight to that location hmm. because it's all interconnected to the same mm -hmm. security system. Because if you've ever flown drones indoors, it's hard. It can be hard. It'd be a difficult process because, well, you don't have that much room, room for error. Mm -hmm. But of course, these things have advanced. They've gotten smarter and cheaper. This one has a sort of protective portion around the blades, which is important. It integrates with all the other Ring products. And I guess it just, it's the type of thing, it feels like progression. It feels futuristic. Mm -hmm. uh, again, how it actually functions, I'm skeptical. Because right. in, in the little buzz clip, it looks so seamless and perfect. But as you know, Will, your house, can, can, it can get messy. You can have things standing there, uh, a box or a garbage bag you forgot to move. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the drone's trying to go on its usual path. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm being skeptical, but I yeah. think it looks pretty cool. It or looks you pretty get promising. A dog. And you know what else? That you could get a dog. Just a big dog. Just get Otis. Yeah. The other thing that's cool about it what they thought of with the design, the camera portion is actually covered when it's in its dock and it will go to its dock automatically when it's not recording and not in use. And it'll kind of dip in there and cover up the camera. So if you're worried about privacy when you don't want to have the camera recording, mm -hmm. they thought about that too. So it's indoor only, 1080p video. It only records when it's in flight. They made a big deal of that because I guess people are really concerned with privacy these days. And it looks like that was the most exciting product of the bunch that came out of Amazon's event. There was another one, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But first, I got to talk about this because it is a wild deal going on. Yesterday's show, I led with the story about the Samsung Galaxy S20 FE Fan Edition. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're going through the spec list and we're talking about a more budget-friendly Galaxy device. We're talking about an S20 that more people are going to be able to afford. 
with really a bunch of specs that are on the flagship and only missing a few. Bunch of colors to choose from. So it was exciting enough as it was. Plus, I'm going to do an unboxing video of this device in about five minutes from now. However, a couple websites, Best Buy and Amazon, already took the price down another hundred from the announcement. Hmm. How does that work? I don't know. Are they chewing into their own margin or did they catch wind of some competing products and they're like, let's do it for $5.99? I don't know. We're talking about an unlock, no activation requirement, S20 Fan Edition, Best Buy, $5.99, Amazon, price matched, $5.99. Now, I am talking about USD, but all of a sudden now you got to change your conversation a little bit because you got a Snapdragon 865. Yeah. You got a 120 hertz display. Yeah. You got a Samsung uh, One UI. Oh, yeah. 120, uh, $5.99. Yeah. Are you excited? Deal. Are you excited or what? That's uh, that's kind of like a new flagship killer, right? Wow, Is easy. Is that what they call it? Easy there. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. 2400 by 1080 pixel Great Super specs. AMOLED, 120 hertz refresh rate, 6.5 inch, Snapdragon 865. The camera is lacking a little from the flagship, but not in a big way. And going from 700 to 600, I think, is significant. So the fan edition is going to get some more fans. Mm. That's what I think. Right on. And it becomes harder, actually, to buy the regular S20. That's the phone that you use. Yep. Because you're thinking to yourself, man, do I really want to spend the extra cash? Look at the value I'm getting over here. Uh -huh. It also puts the heat on OnePlus, bringing out the 8T. Yep. Now they got to think about this phone at $599 instead. I don't know how long it's going to stay at that price, but you click the link in the article right now. Oh, maybe it's already gone. Oh, uh, hang on. Hang on, Will. Let's verify this on, on the correct websites here. Best Buy and Amazon. Oh, this is we need to be accurate over here. Yeah. Oh, five, $549. Hmm? $549. Oh, with activation. Okay, hold up. Can we pick without activation? Activation later. Oh, I need a VPN here. No, you don't. Just click US. Just click no. US. You'll get it. Yes. Four star. Wow. There you go. So 549. Look at this. Okay, click on the pre-order button. Uh, right there, the yellow one. Yeah. We're just gonna get to the bottom of this right now. Make sure we're on target. You buy it on Verizon, it'll take 50 bucks off. Obviously, you're signing a contract. So that's 550, AT&T 550, Sprint all the way down to 499. But if you just want the unlocked and figure out you have your own service and everything, then 599 right there. So it does take a couple of clicks to get there. What about on Amazon.com? I, I suppose it probably is the same thing. S20 FE. Uh, 599 factory unlocked. Yeah. It's just 599 straight up. No special. You don't have to click on anything okay. on the Amazon page. So All right, I'm trusting you on this. You I can't get there. It. Did I out Google well, you? Did I out Google you right now? Well, I was trying to click the link. Yeah, go here. There you go. S20. FE. And you can get every color on Amazon also. And uh, it will be the 599 link right there. It's actually a pre-order right now. It will be released October 2nd on Amazon. And they got it in the navy blue or the willy do blue, the green, the orange, the red, the white. Kind of cool stuff. Way to go, Samsung. Get that price down. Or I guess way to go, Amazon. Way yeah. to go. Whoever's responsible. Great deal. Whoever's responsible. So the other product that people are paying attention to out of the uh, Amazon launch event that 
brought up the uh, that drone camera. The other thing that people are talking about is their cloud gaming service. Mm. Now, they're going to go in there. They're going to compete with, uh, well, you know, all the Stadia and, uh, well, Facebook wants to do some cloud gaming. X Amazon's cloud. like, hey, everybody doing this cloud gaming over here. And they run servers, AWS. We got, we got Bezos. Mine as well. We got Be Bezos right down the hall. Yeah. We don't, where's our cloud gaming? So anyway, it became a bit of a meme because they put they talked about their cloud gaming and then they showed their controller and it became a bit of a meme, you know. Uh. Because the controller, it looks exactly like the Nintendo Switch controller. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's a little different. But it became a meme. It doesn't take much to become a meme in 2020. Uh. Everybody's got meme time. Everybody's got a lot of meme time on their hands. But if you've seen the Nintendo controller, yeah, it looks, it's almost identical. So I don't know if they rebadged, re rebranded, went to the same uh, company responsible for manufacturing the Nintendo controller. But anyway, theirs looks a lot like it. And so some people memed it up. But that's not really the important part. I mean, it's a part of it. But the important part here is that Amazon, they're a big company. They have reach. Sure, they could fail, but they could also succeed. They Look what they did with Prime. Mm -hmm. Look at the piece they have with Twitch. Mm -hmm. Imagine the integration with Twitch. All the game streamers and the, the game streaming on demand. You watch the streamer play the game. You boot it up on your game streaming service. I don't yeah. know. I'm just. Just talking. Yeah, I'm just talking. I'm just making noises. I'm just making some suggestions. Apparently, yeah. they're going to do it a bit differently. Yeah, their structure is a bit weird from what I channels. read. Channels. Channels. Something called channels. So there's like a. There's going to be a regular channel, but then they have like channels for Ubisoft. I'm guessing for Ubisoft games, mm -hmm. other channels for different companies. I presume this would give some extra incentive to the software companies, to the game developers. If you are a Ubisoft, you can kind of have more control over the person's experience with your game library. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Could be a headache. It, it, but but it may be a better move it, because maybe giving that control back to each developer means that more will get on board because they would say, I can set my price, I can do my thing. Yeah, but are we like buying bundles now, I don't like know a TV service? I don't Is know. Is that what it, how it's going to work? It, it might very well be. Yeah. But you're Amazon. They're here to compete. They could uh, likely make adjustments depending. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's, it's all about gaming in 2020. It is, yeah. If uh, if we're not talking about what what's going on with Sony and Microsoft with the consoles that are coming out, then we're talking about the game streaming with Microsoft's new service coming out, or we're talking about mobile gaming. We've got how many different gaming phones have come across here? Apple is still having the heated. Oh, that's another piece I should talk about. So Apple has been pushing back against what Microsoft wants to do with their xCloud gaming thing on iOS. And so it's just basically, it's not on iOS mm -hmm. because Apple doesn't want you to be able to be inside of a service where you can launch a game instantaneously. They want you to, have to go and download each one individually and they have their own competing product, Arcade. Yep. So Microsoft has said, oh, look, we can't make it work. We, we've tried. Facebook said we can't make it work. We're going to try. Amazon says we're going to do it, but you're going to have to use our web app, which Whoa. is less than ideal, but it's better than nothing. Uh -huh. So if you are on iOS and you've been looking for your game streaming service, that will bring you the type of titles you might be looking for if you were considering the Microsoft product, uh -huh. assuming Amazon compiled together a similar catalog, this may be one of your few ways to do it at the moment through a web app. it was called Luna? Luna, did I say that? I, I don't Maybe remember. not. Amazon Luna, why? You don't like the name? 
I I mean, I figured the people want to know more about it. Oh, that's all. Okay. Oh, okay. You sounded a bit upset with the name there for a minute. No, Luna. No. I don't know. Luna Stadia. Microsoft is in the worst case with this because originally it was called xCloud and then it became part of Game Pass. Yeah. Now it's just game streaming. Game streaming on Game Pass. Yeah. 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 So it's tough with the names. Will Will Luna succeed? I don't know. Remains to be seen. I think Amazon's got to, they got a war chest when it comes to mm -hmm. smart people working there and cash and everything else. And so I would assume they can do something. We'll wait and see what happens. But they are officially moving into the game streaming business to go with their prime business and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Remember we were talking about the iPhone 12 mini? Well, we have new evidence. New evidence has emerged. Mm. Uh, pointing in the direction of an actual mini model being called mini. And these are stickers that were removed. I love this. You know, only in Apple leak land can it get this forensic. We're like in a site of a crime. It's like, it looks like a crime scene photo right there. Right. It's a leak. It's depicting alleged stickers from unreleased silicon iPhone cases. Silicone iPhone cases. Originating from Apple's International Distribution Center in Ireland. We sound like a... What's that group called? They're like uh, investigators that go across borders. Interpol. Oh, yeah. It's like an like Interpol, a Interpol yeah. report that goes out over the radio. You pick it up. Unreleased silicone iPhone cases originating from Apple's International Distribution Center in Ireland have leaked. And we have the forensic evidence. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, these stickers were apparently pulled from leaky phone cases, iPhone cases. And when you examine them, you see three different stickers. A 6.7 inch, 6.1 inch, and 5.4 inch smartphone case, iPhone case. On the big one, it says iPhone 12 Pro Max silicone case black. On a 6.1 inch, it says iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 12 slash 12 Pro silicone case black. So the 12 and 12 Pro would be both 6.1 inches. And then the little guy, the most interesting one to me, iPhone 12 mini silicone case black. And the mini has no capital on the M. How they used to do it with the iPod mini. Mm -hmm. And mini, no iPad case. Mini. No uppercase in yeah, mini. It's just mini. So they're going to call it the mini, Will. What do you think? Are you, what can you say to us? I like it. I like the branding. No no plus ultra SE. Yes. Just mini. Yes. It's what it is. It's a mini one. Which one do you have? Oh, I have the mini. Which one yeah. do you want? Oh, I would love to get that new mini one. Yeah. The new iPhone mini. Oh, did you hear they made a mini one this year? Oh, that's what I've been waiting for. These phones yeah. are huge. Very descriptive. Very descriptive. Good Anybody branding. chatting, word of mouth, it's going to move uh, nice and quickly. And it will be the smallest flagship-level iPhone in quite a long time huh. if uh, if it actually happens. Keep in mind, okay? It's still forensic, still a forensic investigation at the moment with these type of photos. So yeah. it's not guaranteed. Uh, talking about iPhones, though, I'll tell you what, Will. They're kind of dominating a little bit right now, at least in the United States. Are they? iPhones dominate the top 10 smartphones sold in the U.S. during the first week of September. It's a very specific timeline there, but back to school, I don't know. First week of September, we, we kind of know this. Apple dominates in the United States, and Samsung sort of tags along barely. But you look at this list, and it's just, wow. Mm. Not a lot of variety. 
from a brand perspective. Num- coming in at number one, Apple iPhone 11. Number two, Apple iPhone 11 Pro Max. Number three, Apple iPhone SE 2020. Number four, Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G. That's your uh, your one little break up there is that one popular Samsung device. Then you have the iPhone XR at number five, the iPhone 11 Pro at number six, and then seven, eight, nine, ten are Samsung and LG devices. But Apple, you can tell they're uh, they're doing well. Will mm-hmm. why is that? Because they're Apple. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll take we're, we're Apple. We're going to be at the top of this list. Okay. So this data comes from Counterpoint Research. Got to give them a shout out. They're always bringing the wonderful data. Now, if we were looking at worldwide figures, it's important to note, then things would look quite a bit different. All these phones that I just mentioned are all expensive. Including the Stylo? Never heard of that before. Oh, maybe at number seven. I think that one might be a budget play. Let's see here. LG Stylo 6 and LG K51 are in the mid-200s. So LG's... Looks pretty good position here is more on the budget side of things but everything else in there it's modern 11 11 pro the se 2020 is a bit of a deal at 399 but you got the note 20 note 20 ultra s20 iphone 11 pro 11 pro max i mean expensive phone so what does that tell you at least in the u.s lockdown pandemic economic crisis people are still saying go for it and as you saw when we were looking at the pricing on the s20 fan edition those carriers are still jumping in there a little bit to give you a slight kind of deal on it. Yep. A little bit of a discount. Just activate it right now. Mm-hmm. Activate it on Verizon right now. Give you 50 more bucks. Activate it on Sprint. We'll bring it down to $4.99. For, that was for the fan edition. So that stuff still exists in a big way in the United States market as well, which can, of course, help the more expensive phones uh, stay at the top of these lists. We have a new image that leaked. This one's slightly less forensic. It's at least well lit of the upcoming cable for the iPhone 12, presumably. That's the rumor. They're going with a braided style instead of the plastic one that we've seen for so long or that kind of like rubberized finish. This is not new to me because I've seen Apple braided cables on the high-end Thunderbolt cables. They're black, but they have the exact same kind of makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently this is there's some improved durability. I think a lot of it is about the experience handling it. It's kind of nice when it's braided. Yes. If has a premium kind of feel to it, they, they can still fray. They can still have issues. Uh, this was shared from a leaker named Mr. White. And it puts to rest, if it's to be believed, it puts to rest some of the speculation that maybe, just maybe, Apple could do USB Type-C on the iPhone 12. I mean, most people realized a while ago it probably wasn't going to happen. But you start seeing pictures of this cable, which look to be uh, fairly legitimate at least i mean it's making the, rema- the, the it's making the rounds on the legitimate websites and if you scroll down you'll see there's four pictures so it must be real oh yeah but anyway so if you were sitting around if you're one of these people holding on hope holding on to hope that maybe this year you were getting type c to type c on your iphone i don't think it's going to happen this will be what your cable likely looks like. And this cable will likely be the only other thing in the box. No mm-hmm. ear pods, no power brick. It's your phone and that guy right there. That could be your entire iPhone unboxing experience. Of course, we don't have to wait too much longer to find out. Remember we were talking about that Model S tri-motor plaid prototype? Yeah. Well, it's coming out. Mm. 
uh, we talked about how it's coming out as well, and you can pre-order it. You just have to, best you're going to get it is late 2021. Hmm. So that kind of is kind of a buzzkill. But anyways, we have a video clip here emerge of uh, of that new Model S Plaid setting the record at Laguna Seca, which is a fa famous track, which many different uh, cars have been on, attempt to set records. The new record is now one minute, 30 seconds. And this thing, 1100 horsepower, uh, you're talking zero to 60 in less than two seconds. It's basically got Roadster specifications when they originally announced Roadster, except in a sedan, mm. and except in a four-door, mm -hmm. which makes me question, what are those Roadster numbers going to need to be now for it to make any sense? If you could just get the sedan that's crushing, oh, I don't know, this beat the, the time for the, what did they reference here? The McLaren P1. Wow. This beat the time for the McLaren P1 on an actual racetrack. Yeah. It's in a similar time category around this racetrack as $1 million supercars like the Porsche, Porsche 918 Spider and the McLaren Senna P15. It's a race car. Mm -hmm. That car is a race car with four doors and uh, batteries galore. Three separate motors in there. The tri-motor Plaid Edition, quarter mile, under nine seconds, all-wheel drive. And uh, the previous, by the way, oh, you know who they're up against as well on this particular track is Lucid. Yeah. That Lucid company with the top line top of the line air car that they're putting out very soon they ran a 133 which was almost four seconds faster than tesla's previous time mm. where they had completed a lap 136 so now they come in with the 130 and they crush it even more you know the lucid founder being a former tesla guy you know elon is checking this yeah they're like hey man let's uh let's bring it down even more not only is elon checking this he says they're going to beat this soon as well. You're going to make further enhancements, improvements. Yeah. And also, some were wondering, oh, maybe they made modifications to that Model S, that Plaid one that did the race. And then the dude in the car said, no, no, no. The only thing they did was change out the driver's seat for a bucket seat for safety. Mm. He said that's all they did. They didn't rip out all the electronics or anything like that because people were wondering how they got that crazy time, did they? You know, because weight is so important yep. in this stuff. Yep. So anyways, uh, I guess that's exciting times for a Model S Plaid. It starts at 140 grand. Delivery's late 2021. And more good news for Tesla. Maybe bad news for the traditional automakers. California is going to ban gas cars, new gas cars. I don't know if you saw this story. 2035. Ban. 2035. No more gas cars. Huh. It's not that far away, is it? Not really, no. It's good so, news for all the EV manufacturers. If I'm right? Tesla and I see this, I'm like, oh, you want to invest in my company mm -hmm. now. Remember that stock you said was overpriced? Yeah. Now the government's going to force you to buy one of my cars. Of course, by that point in time, everybody's going to have a play in electric vehicles. It's already happening right now. Many automakers, even traditional automakers that did gas cars are saying, no, 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 our fleet's going to be 50% electric by, in five years or 80% electric in 10 years or something like this. So it's actually not as crazy as it sounds. It's just, I think when you see it and it becomes definitive and the governor, whoever's responsible, I believe it's the governor over here, California Governor Gavin Newsom annou announced this week, 
His state will ban the sale of new gasoline and diesel vehicles effective 2035. The latest sign that the days of the internal combustion engine might be numbered. Mm. So when you see it official like that, Will, you realize, oh, it is the future. It is happening. Mm -hmm. The thing is happening, and maybe it's happening faster than some had imagined. Like I said, I think the market was going to do this anyways. This may expedite the process for automakers to just prepare themselves to move away, particularly with the bigger vehicles as well. You know, they mentioned diesel in there, trucks, work vehicles. There's so many things that got to go electric by oh, 2035. Yeah. And California is a huge state, big population, lots of cash, lots of new car purchases. So it could set the trend. Uh -huh. Now, there could be some pushback as well. That's important to note. California is like has this weird situation where they have special treatment over environmental uh, environmental standards for automobiles that it's on the state level instead of the, the national level so there could be pushback on that from the actual national side of things yeah however uh like i said i don't think it it's happening in other places as well the uh, european union is capping the amount of carbon emission uh to 95 grams per kilometer on carbon dioxide emissions, and that takes effect next year. So they're kind of, everybody's making moves to encourage automakers and individuals to make this transition. Even China has been moving through new regulation to suppress greenhouse gas, even China. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I think it sounds like a shock when you read it, but it feels like the market was doing that anyways. Yeah, and eventually gas power will be kind of niche. I mean, I love to hear like a rumble of an engine. Do ya? Yeah. Like a Brrr. Mustang or something, you yeah. know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, the environment is more important. Yeah, well, it's also just, uh, and, and this is why I think the last story matters, the one before this. So much of the rumble of the engine was associated with performance. Yes. And it was, yes. it was okay, I can understand it's that things uh, gu fierce, guzzling you know? gas yeah. because... It's at the peak performance. Yep. I'm going to go right now, and that's what's required. And when the EVs came out, it actually proved to be better performance as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying better performance in every sense because around a track, and there's different situations in which a gas-powered vehicle, top speed being one of them still. Uh, however, when they started putting these crazy performance numbers, they even got the supercar guys inter interested. Uh -huh. They started thinking about part electric vehicles and then fully electric vehicles yep. for, from performance perspective. So you got to give Elon some credit on that for not giving up on a performance thing mm -hmm. and only doing the efficient one because you're right. There is a kind of, there's a thing where the feel of the engine, the rumble. Well that, it, and we can't do anything you know. about that. You know, yeah. we're going to get a taste of it when, when, once we start driving the Taycan when it shows up, uh -huh. we're going to get a taste for what it's like to not have that feel. And it's going to be something missing, no doubt. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something missing. The question is, how important is that piece? And, and should that piece be reserved for kind of special cars, weekend drivers, things like this? Mm -hmm. the, that specialness of, right. you know. Taking it to the track. Yeah, running, a, running an internal combustion. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what takes place. But electric is not perfect either, by the way, Will. Mm -hmm. These batteries and all the minerals and, and all the mining that has to take, you know. Nothing yeah. is free out here. Nope. Nothing is perfect out here. Nope. Google Maps launched a cool, uh, a new layer. I think you'll be interested to hear about this. A new layer on the Maps app 
you know how you can go in there and you can click and then you would have terrain mm -hmm. or you would have satellite or you would have standard there's a new layer now where you can have covid on it oh you can see the, the regions layer. where the covid is spiking on a layer inside of google maps is it working right now yes yeah, working oh. and uh, if you scroll down you can actually get a well, it's rolling out right now to iOS and Android users this week. So I don't know when you're going to see it on your app. I don't know what the rollout looks like. But the layer color codes areas by the seven-day average for the number of new cases per 100,000 people. And it shows if the cases are trending up or down. So there you can see in the States, you have a county which is trending up right next to a county that's trending down. Like 32.2 versus 2.8. And that's how many cases per 100,000. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's good to know. So it's a kind of cool little feature that they uh, put together. And let's be honest, man. A lot of times, people are just lacking the information. If they knew I'm about to hit a restaurant and you live in between these two counties, because mm -hmm. you just, you know, maybe you were going to do it in a safe way, you still might consider, not. I'm not going to go to the hotspot right now. Mm -hmm. And what happens if fewer people go to the hotspot? Well, then the transmission goes down. Mm -hmm. And the thing gets stifled to a certain degree. So this is some this is cool how technology can interface here. Everyone has maps. Yeah. And so I'm waiting to see this pop up on mine as well. I want to see uh if if around here is supported as well or if it's US only. I'm not really sure at this moment. Right. I wonder if it actually says here Google Maps country level data in 220 countries and, and territories. There's also state, county, and city level where data is available. So we're going to have to wait and see which regions are supported, and you will too if you pop this uh, open on your app. But keep an eye out for that extra layer. It's the layer button, by the way. I'm pointing at Will's screen. Hopefully, maybe he can hover his mouse over it. It's the layer button right there where you would normally click to pick the satellite image or something like that. You're going to pick the COVID button. It's kind of cool. This one somehow was making the rounds on my news feed. Maybe because people secretly fantasize about doing something like this themselves uh some workers mta workers that work in grand central terminal uh, they built a man cave a hidden man cave hidden behind the tracks the subway tracks and during their work hours they would creep over there and inside of this hidden man cave they had all kinds of cool stuff that you would want if you were trying to slack off i guess or chill or have a chill spot at work they had inside of here a futon they had a flat a flat panel tv they had i believe some streaming equipment they had uh, there was an open beer discovered and apparently there was even some uh fitness some uh, workout equipment they found okay. in there <laughs> and it got discovered and of course once it was discovered all the all the guys that were being accused, they denied that this was their man cave. Uh-huh. And then they do. and then they took the fingerprints. And the fingerprints uh -huh. were everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They checked hundreds of doors and hundreds of offices to make sure there's no more rooms like this. They found nothing else. Three MTA employees denied having ever been in the room, but but they did leave fingerprints behind. Mm. They also left behind receipts, streaming devices, personal calendars, and exercise equipment. So, like, it was a dead giveaway anyways, even if you denied it by the looks of it. 
But uh, people are upset, actually. People are saying, okay, look, that's an MTA employee. They're slacking off. They're chilling. They're supposed to be on the, on, on the shift at the moment. Yeah. So some people are upset about it, but it's kind of a funny story. I yeah. think everybody fantasized about having this little hidden fort. It's kind of like a treehouse for yes. adults, right? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, this next one's even crazier than the last one. This one, I didn't even know how to process this one. Mm. This one blew my mind. Kraft rolling out pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese. <laughs> that sounds uh, delicious, actually. Pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese. Like, what can't they apply pumpkin spice to? They do pumpkin spice on everything now. Mm -hmm. Starbucks, I think, popularized it, but then it was just, holy moly, on a pumpkin spice. You have this picture. It's a what looks like a coffee cup filled with mac and cheese, and it has the pumpkin spice packet included. Mm -hmm. And you actually distribute the pumpkin spice as much as you want onto the the uh, mac and cheese after it's been made. Now, I don't know if you knew this, Will, but Canadians love Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh, love it. Which, by the way, is called Kraft Dinner here, but it's yep. only called Kraft Dinner over here. And so Kraft is always trying to take care of the Canadians because... It's such a love affair with this particular dish for whatever weird reason. Yeah. So they start the promo was Kraft Heinz Canada, but the promo took off and then the U.S. side said, you can't have all the fun. And Kraft Macaroni and Cheese in the U.S. says on Twitter, our Kraft dinner friends in Canada had the idea to make pumpkin spice Kraft Mac and Cheese. And now we're going to bring it to the U.S. Who wants to give it a try? So yeah. now you have it hitting everywhere. It was supposed to be a limited kind of thing i mean i mean it is still a limited edition batch but it's not going to be as limited originally it was going to be only 1000 units oh super limited now i guess they're going to make more because of the yeah. feedback but originally it was supposed to be 1 uh, 1000 canadians that would ever have the chance to taste a bite of pumpkin spice <laughs> macaroni and cheese what a wild time anything can happen in 2020 even these bizarre combinations of goods such as pumpkin spice, mac and cheese.